Thank you for listening to Temporary Circumstances. I'm your host, Alina Sowers, a licensed professional counselor in Ohio. And I'm your co-host, Cora Mayfield, also a licensed professional counselor in Ohio. In this podcast, we will discuss many uncommon topics on all matters mental health. The views and opinions expressed here do not reflect the agencies that we work for. So today we're going to be talking about the role of your primary care provider or your family medicine doctor in mental health. And we have a guest today. We have Dr. Lenora Evans-Holman, who is a primary care physician out of Indiana, and my sister. Hello, everybody. Nice to be here. So I wanted to start out today talking a little bit about continuity of care and what that means. That's, that's a term that's thrown around a lot, especially when you're talking to insurance companies, but it's important that we understand what that is. So continuity of care, according to the American Academy of Family Physicians, is the process by which the patient and his or her physician-led care team are cooperatively involved in ongoing healthcare management towards the shared goal of high-quality, cost-effective medical care. So, Lenore, do you want to tell us a little bit about what that looks from the primary care physician side? From a primary care physician standpoint, uh, this is very important to us because at the end of the day, we want our patient to get the best, most quality care that there is possible for them. Um, This helps us to make sure that the resources that we have available to us in the community are appropriately used and appropriately accessed when needed. It's a front-to-back term for us in the front, you know, making sure that our patient is appropriately evaluated and getting the correct resources. And in the back end, making sure that those resources were accessed, they were able to get there, and that they have appropriate follow-up once they're able to get to that resource. Continuity of care is one of the main reasons to establish with a primary care physician, but there's a lot of reasons why someone wouldn't just first off need to establish with a primary care physician. Another one of those, as far as mental health goes, is there's a lot of times during an assessment that we do in mental health where we might hit upon a diagnosis or, or even just some symptomology that we need a medical doctor to actually go in and assess and rule out some medical issues that may be causing something that seems like a psychological issue. I would completely agree with Cora on this one. There's lots of different things that can present all sorts of different ways, and we always want to make sure we're doing the best thing for our patient, and part of my job is ruling out the things um, that could hurt you right now, differentiating the urgency or frequency at which we have to move forward, and so sometimes ruling out some of those medical conditions that could could really impact your health quickly is important, Um, and once we're able to do that, then we're able to, to start to rule out these other things to move forward to a better diagnosis more clear diagnosis in the urgency or emergent fashion that you might or might not need. Sometimes it can be helpful to get someone else's perspective or take on something as well. You know, diagnosis may vary by practitioner, but also sometimes patients, they're not sure what's important and what isn't, and they might unintentionally miss out on telling us something that is important that another provider would let us know of. I think that leads into something that's super important. Um, And I know with the practice that I work for, this is something we do on intake, is that we get a release of information for the client's primary care provider first thing before you even are seen by a therapist. And there's a few reasons for this. Like, Like we talked about before, if we see something that we think needs assessed, 
and you don't know how to explain it to your doctor, that makes it easy for me to call them or to write them a letter to let them know you're going to be calling to set up an appointment and here's a concern that they may want to address. And also, we can work with medication management. If we know what the doctor wants the medication to be and the frequency, we can follow up with a client because we're seeing them every week where a primary care doctor might see them every three months. I think it's also one more place to make sure that the patient truly understands their care plan as well. Um, I can't tell you how many patients I get come back to me and don't really understand all the changes they made or the people they saw or the specialists they saw. And so it's just one more place to kind of say, okay, what, what happened? What do you understand of what happened and how can I help you to understand it? Cause I find that my patients also when, when we talk about compliance with a treatment plan, uh, my patients are a lot more compliant when they truly understand the direction that you're going and where you've been. Because when you understand, you understand the importance of following the care treatment plan versus just telling someone they truly take ownership of their care, care plan and can move forward more appropriately. Yeah, I think with those, you know, with those releases of information, it just opens the door for everyone to be on the same page. So if you have a, a doctor and then another provider or several, it just helps everybody know what everybody else is doing and be on the same page working towards the same goals. Right. I also think that it's important to mention, like Lenora was talking about, the more people that you can talk to that can help you understand, say things in a different way, the better it is. Sometimes a doctor, whether it's a psychiatrist or primary care physician, will prescribe mental health medication and they may have described what it's supposed to do, but the client doesn't necessarily have reasonable expectations of how soon that might happen or what side effects are something that they should contact their doctor again with. And so that release of information and that relationship between the primary care physician and mental health is a good way to make sure nothing slips between the cracks. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a problem in mental health care in the U.S. I think most people are aware of this, but don't necessarily know the severity of the problem. And according to the National Alliance of Mental Illness, 60% of U.S. counties do not have a single practicing psychiatrist. Just to review, a psychiatrist is a medical doctor who prescribes medication for mental health. That's their specialty. There is a huge shortage of mental health practitioners across the board in the U.S. Just to give you sort of what that means, 60% of counties don't have a single practicing psychiatrist. According to the CDC, In 2016, about 45 million U.S. adults were affected by mental illness, and that same article says that in large urban areas, people were more likely to have access, but people who are in rural areas may have to travel for hours in order to have access to mental health care. Now, I know that Lenora works in, and, and myself, I work in a rural practice, and so does Lenora. Alina, you work in a more urban setting. So uh, I can I can speak from personal experience that this is extremely hard source of referrals for us. Number one, because just access, there's not a lot. Like Cora said, there's just not a lot of uh, resources out there, so that can be hard. Number two, it's insurance. Since there's not a lot of uh, resources out there, those that are providing resources can be very picky about insurance. So unfortunately, we have to play that game a considerable amount of figuring out 
where we can get patients with different insurances. Next problem is going to be is sometimes we have we have difficulty with compliance of our patients. So we, we don't have as much uh, room to get them back in if they don't appropriately access a resource the first time. Sometimes we don't have a lot of options for them to resource access that resource again. I also know the other problem that we have is some of my patients, they, they need help fairly quickly. And some of the processes that some of the mental health establishments have in our area is you have to go to group therapy several times before they'll even let you see the nurse practitioner or see the physician or see the counselor. And that's very hard for some of our patients because they're number one, not in a good place. And then number two, they don't want to do group therapy. And number three, they don't want, they don't really, they're not in the, the best place to push through their plan that we have to get to the end result because they just can't really see the end result because they're not in a good place themselves personally. So we, we've really struggled with getting compliance and getting patients in and getting them to actually see someone. So there can be quite a bit of lag, which sometimes isn't the best for the patient. So we've also seen a lot of resources opening up virtually. So our patients have kind of had some actions to see virtually some practitioners and physicians and, and, and that's sometimes been a little bit of a hard sell, especially in the mental health area when they don't know someone. I, I've, I've had patients be more comfortable with it if they knew them and then go virtual versus virtual right away, just because it's hard to make, make that connection in that relationship um, over telehealth. So it's actually, it's constant source of disgruntledness in our patient and, you know, frustration from the provider standpoint, just because it's hard to get in those resources. And we're talking about access here, and telehealth has opened up a lot of doors for a lot of people, but can you imagine being told that you have to go to group therapy three or four times before you can see a psychiatrist or a nurse, a prescribing nurse practitioner, and in order to get to these group things four weeks in a row, you have to drive maybe one or two counties away to do that. And you might have work, you might have kids to pick up, you might have all of these other things and it just makes that access really hard. And here in Ohio, the current law is for telehealth, for mental health therapists, you're required a face-to-face session first. So they've changed the law so that now can be virtual, it can be video conference, but if you don't have access to that video conference, that puts you in a whole nother level of difficulty with access. I think it's different with doctors as far as face-to-face contact on the first meeting, but I'm not sure on that. I'm not, I don't know that. We, sure. we, it depends on the state. It depends on the state. So some states we have to do the face-to-face, but they are allowing us to do face-to-face uh, by video conference. So, but not all states require that. I know that for my office in particular, because I'm in a rural area, because there is a lack of outpatient psychiatrists, we actually contract with psychiatrists that are in Ohio, but they're not local to do telehealth. But in order to do that, for our contract, they have to come in person to our office to do the virtual visit. And they have to have already established with a primary care physician locally. And I I believe that's a safety issue. You know, I was just thinking sometimes we hear those things, whether it be directed at us or towards someone else, like, well, why didn't you get help? Or why didn't so-and-so do something sooner? And I think here are some of those reasons. You know, sometimes it sounds much easier to do than, unfortunately, maybe in reality. Very much so. Very much so. it's, It's hard to move with any sort of quickness when you're really working against a hard system to access. And it's hard to access it. Nobody's fault. It's just 
kind of unfortunately the way it is at the moment. Right. And this problem, the shortage of mental health providers is something that we've all identified as a problem, but it's actually getting worse. According to a 2017 article in the International Journal of Academic Medicine, the availability of psychiatrists is declining because 70% of psychiatrists are nearing their retirement age as compared to 55% of the overall physician population. So obviously people are going to retire, but more psychiatrists are older and less people coming into the field are choosing psychiatry as their specialty. As we're talking about specialties, there are psychiatrists that only see inpatient. There are psychiatrists that only see children and adolescents. So that also changes the resources that are available. And there are licensing requirements with that. So it's not something that may be that easy to overcome either. So with all that said, what we're trying to say is there's another resource to get mental health help, and that would be your primary care provider. We've talked about some of the reasons why you would go to a primary care provider first instead of immediately trying to find a psychiatrist on your own or going to therapy. And one of the things that Lenore's already mentioned is the referral. Um, we've already mentioned the continuity of care. The, the primary care physician becomes your home base to keep track of everything that's going on and making sure nothing falls through the cracks. But there's a f- lot of other reasons. Could be a much shorter wait time. I think, Lenora, you already mentioned that as well. What about stigma? So there is some stigma to seeing a psychiatrist as if that makes a mental health issue bigger or worse. It does not. However, a primary care physician, that's where you go for your cold. So it feels less daunting and less scary to talk to your primary care physician about mental health issues. I said, also feel like there's a, a different type of relationship. We're a all-encompassing, head-to-toe um, relationship. You know, we care about all the facets that are you. And so sometimes that pre-existing relationship can kind of help us, number one, help me to identify that, hey, you're just not so right today. And I, you know, and I, and it, and it encourages me to delve a little deeper in that just, and maybe encourage you to share um, just because I know you, um, I know your relationship with the world and kind of how you feel um, and know when things are wrong. And, and also you're, you're comfortable with me. You trust me, you know, I'm an advocate for you. So sometimes I'm able to soothe some of those worries and concerns just, just because of that pre-existing relationship. And at the end of the day, we, we legitly care about you. We, we want what's best for you. And, um, you know, I pride myself in saying that I know my patients and I know I can tell when something is wrong and, you know, I have a great support staff and my support staff, when they talk to people on the phone, sometimes they'll say to me, so-and-so just didn't seem right. And I'll say, okay, well, they, they need to get them into that, you know, get them in this week. And then that way we can kind of assess them and get in front of us and kind of say, okay, you know, what's going on and how can we help you versus, you know, waiting for them to get so bad that they finally reach out or they get to a crisis point. Right. And, and I think along that lines of your primary care provider is a head to toe resource for you there are somatic symptoms that are related to mental health. So sometimes people will assume that they have mental health, but there could be a medical issue and vice versa. Someone might think that they have a medical issue when it's also mental health. So that primary care provider can help you rule out things when it's not real clear and we don't have to go to Dr. Google. That's where, again, that release of information comes in so that 
all the providers can get on the same page. And if, again, you don't know what exactly is important and what isn't, or maybe you forget a symptom here and there, that can be an extra system in place to just help figure out what exactly is going on. And there's a lot of mental health issues. Let's say someone does reach out to a therapist first or goes to the emergency room and they present with some symptomology that leads us all to believe there might be a mental health issue and that medication may be an appropriate part of the treatment plan. A lot of primary care physicians may not be comfortable treating all mental illness. Most of them will be comfortable treating some. I I think we're a great place to start just because Number one, we know you, we know your history, we know your chronic comorbidities, and you know we can get something started right away because unfortunately, a lot of the medications that we use tend to take a little time to get working. So sometimes I'll say, you know, we're going to, let's let's get this started, see how we do while we work on these other resources so we can kind of address it from several different angles to get you the best treatment or care plan that you have possible. But as primary care physicians, we most definitely can do this. We most definitely can be a partner in this and help you get in the direction that you need to go. And, you know, I, I, I say it's, it's really important to know what you know and know what you don't know. And so I think that it's, it's a good place to start because if I feel uncomfortable or feel like I'm getting outside of what my scope of normal practice is, I can get help and I can get you to the right help. And so it's, it, there's never a wrong time to access your primary care physician and say, hey, you know what, I don't know what to do next, or there's something going on because we're a team and, you know, helping you succeed and get appropriate care is important. You bring up a good point that, you know, if you don't have all the answers or if you're not the appropriate person to treat a patient, then we can always send them to the right place or a better place or to another provider that we think is trained and and has the knowledge to deal with it. So I think it's just important, like you said, to be able to ask and check in. And if nothing else, if the answer is no, then you'll get hooked up with the right services. Another person keeping an eye on you, you know, making sure that you're okay. And the point that I I really want to drive home here is people assume that if there is a specialist for something, that they need to see the specialist for that thing. And that's not true, not just mental health, that's not true across the board. But for mental health in particular, Go to your primary care physician, let them help you, let them get you the right resources. They know your medical history. A lot of them, especially in rural medicine, they know your families and your genetics, and they can help you find a good a good solution. With all that being said, there's going to be times that while your primary care provider is a good resource, may not be the most appropriate phone call to make. And and when I'm thinking of this, what I'm thinking of is things that are a life and death emergency. And I know Lenora has a little bit of a different perspective on this. From my standpoint as a primary care physician is never is never wrong to call. The answer might be you need to go to the emergency department or you need to seek a crisis center, but but we are always there and we will always answer your questions and we are always a resource. The one important differentiation I want to make is you've got to make sure that you're honest with your provider and telling them the urgency of what's going on. You know, sometimes it's it's hard for us to when we're answering phones and things like that to and leaving messages to to always understand the urgency of the situation. So that's the one differentiation I want to make is making sure that you're pressing upon your primary physician of the urgency if you do feel like that's going on. But but 
we are always there for you. We're always there to help you no matter what. So, so you cannot go wrong with talking to your primary care physician, but always make sure that you maintain your safety however you need to do that. Right. So when I, when I hear you talk, what I think is if, let's say, there's a mental health crisis, and when we talk about mental health crises, we're talking about people who are suicidal, people who are engaging or feel like they're going to engage in self-directed violence or violence towards another person or somebody who has, has overdosed unintentionally like without the intent to die. These are all emergencies that need to be going to a crisis center or going to the emergency room or just calling an ambulance. However, in doing those things to keep yourself alive, to keep others safe, calling the primary care provider and saying, this is what's happening now, this is what I'm doing, and allowing them to confirm for you, yes, you're making the appropriate choice here, that's fine. But we just need to make sure that everybody isn't ignoring an emergency waiting for a phone call back. Agree. Yeah, and that's uh, and that's obviously something to keep in mind along those same lines is, you know, after hours and weekends and holidays and things like that. And I know, you know, right now with COVID, especially things seem days and time seem to kind of blur together. But just being mindful, you know, if nobody's returning your call and you feel like maybe it is an emergency, go ahead and take that ne- next step and either call 911 or take yourself to the emergency room or have someone else help you with that. I think that's a wraps up what we wanted to get across here that your primary care provider is your advocate. They are your first stop for most things. Call them, trust them, establish care, get in with a primary care provider. I want to thank my sister, Dr. Lenore Evans Holman for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. If you have any questions about this topic, please feel free to leave a comment wherever you found us or look us up on Instagram. Thanks for listening to Temporary Circumstances. Find us on Instagram and leave us a review wherever you found us. 